You're the best pilot we ever had. This is the mission you were trained for. Get out there and save the world. Here we go. Potentially habitable worlds right within our reach. Could save us from extinction. Get back here now! We want to get there fast, don't we? Actually, we want to get there in one piece. Those are mountains, no waves. Hang on! Very graceful. <laughs> Interstellar. See it two days early in IMAX film and other film formats everywhere November 7th. Greetings, everybody. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. I need to put that on a t-shirt sometime. Uh, today is going to be Podcast 512. It is November 9th, 2014. Uh, yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Ha! Thanks uh, to those on the forum, Facebook, that uh, wished me happy birthday. Appreciate that. Uh, what you heard there at the beginning uh, was a TV spot to the new movie, uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie, Interstellar, with Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, and a bunch of others. Uh, I saw it yesterday, actually. It was really good. I'll talk a little bit about that, uh, spoiler-free, of course, on the show today. But the main topic, we're going to cover a TNG episode. It's been a long time, I think, since I've covered a TNG episode. So this one's from... Season 6, it is called True Q. So it's a Q episode, obviously. This is the one where uh, Q has a, uh, a a young girl who is a member of the Q and teaching her, and she comes aboard the Enterprise and all that. Anyway, uh, we will be covering that. I'll be playing it uh, via Netflix, actually, and recording uh, the audio of that while I comment on the show. Uh, talk a little bit about other things going on in the news, uh, my recent trip to Vegas for work, uh, and uh, a few other little topics of interest, I hope. So uh, sit back, relax, and here we go. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Drink flows from the force, but beware of the dark side. Iron oh, Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, reach call. You're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. Again, welcome to the podcast uh, this week, everyone uh, who is listening. Thanks so much for uh, tuning back in to Treks and Sci-Fi, or perhaps even tuning in for the first time. I've been doing the show for, for quite a while, so I always have to try to remember, yeah, there might be people new listening uh, every uh, week that I do a new show or whenever I do a new show. Uh, what's, uh, let's see, what's been going on? I guess we'll let's just dive into things. Uh, 
the biggest thing for me recently is I was out in Las Vegas last week. There's a, I work in the automotive area, automotive coding specifically. I, and uh, for work, uh, you know, I travel a fair amount uh, here and there. But last week there was a show called SEMA. And don't ask me to, to say what that stands for. I know I, 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 I've heard a few times what it stands for, but I, I can never remember. It's, it's really kind of a weird uh, acronym for, for what it is because it's basically the, the, probably one of the world's biggest automotive shows uh, it, it just that they have yearly uh, for, for quite a few years. It's in Las Vegas. I think it's always been in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center, and which is, of course, you know, in the – Kind of in the northern end of the strip in Las Vegas of of, of casinos and hotels, and it uh, I I was in Vegas you know a couple of times ages ago, but I've never actually really been there you know to you know walk around go to casinos and I, I as a you know it was I was much younger and uh, it was more of a passing through thing. Uh, when I went there before, but um, so this was, uh, you know, and the first time I've ever gone to this automotive show, and of course this is all non-geek talk, so skip ahead if you if you don't care about this. <laughs> anyway, uh, but man, this show is just massive. It's in multiple convention hall centers, so if you've been to like a convention, like for those listening, you know, that I go to Austin Comic Con with, think of like six or seven halls like that, only each one's a little bigger than even that one. And they're all, you know, some, well, I don't know if they were actually connected to each other physically. I think you have to go outside to get to each hall, but they're pretty close together. But they're all in a big grouping. And and then also a bunch of stuff outside, uh, sort of racetrack areas where they demonstrate vehicle stuff. Uh, you could actually get in a car and have a little lap around a track in a, in a fast uh, car with a driver driving you. Uh, I, I, I looked at that and I said, well, I wanna, I'd, I'd like to do that, but I want to be the one driving the car. I don't want to be just in the car. And they weren't really going super fast. It was, uh, you know, just a loop around a track. It was, it was uh, I've probably driven faster on the freeway sometimes. But uh, anyway, the, uh, let's see what else. Um, so there's all this stuff outside, this, you know, huge stuff inside. Just, just aisles and aisles of vehicles, parts for cars. Uh, everything related to the automotive industry basically is 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 under this convention, and it it's just massive. Uh, about 140, 150,000 or so people there throughout the week. It's a week, almost a whole week long event. It kind of starts a uh, first thing Tuesday, and goes through uh, the end of Friday. Monday's kind of a setup day, I guess. I only got there Wednesday midday on Wednesday last week and then left on Friday morning. So it's, uh, you know, I only, eh, I basically had a day and a half to see all of this, which was uh, nothing really. I, I took um, I took a bunch of pictures. There were a few other people out from uh, people that I work with. My boss was out there and a few others. Uh, I took a bunch of uh, cell phone pictures. I took uh, pictures with my good camera. Some things I posted on Facebook and the uh, on my personal Facebook page. I don't think I put anything up on the Treks and Sci-Fi group there. But eventually, I, I I'm just bad about this, but I want to get more pictures up on my Flickr account, which I, is way overdue to do to do that from conventions, uh, you know, sci-fi stuff, costuming, and and so forth. But uh, 
so yeah, it was it was fun. The weather was just fantastic. I think my you know one of my favorite things of the whole deal is since it's getting cooler in in Michigan. Uh, I think I enjoyed the fact that it was clear, sunny days, about mid-70s, maybe mid to upper 70s each day uh, that I was there, and it was just perfect weather, really. Uh, it was uh, it was gorgeous. Uh, Vegas, you know, out in the desert. At this time of year, especially, it's not super hot. Uh, people kept saying, oh, you could get cool at night. Well, these days, it really didn't get that cool at night. Uh, I brought a jacket with me mostly for the Michigan side of the trip, but I, I didn't need it at all out there. Uh, some people were wearing jackets in the evening, but I mean, it was like 60 degrees, you know, 55, 58, 60 degrees. I mean, it's not like, and unless you're walking for a long, long time outside, it, it, you know, it felt fine to me, but um, let's see what else to tell about. Oh yeah. We also went to a Rod Stewart concert when I was there and I'm not much of a, I'm not really a big, I love music, uh, but I'm not really a big concert goer. Uh, it's it's just not something I just do very often. One, they're usually kind of expensive, and not that I don't you know I don't mind spending money, but I, I just have never really been a big goer of concerts. But the people who I was with said, "Hey, let's go to this," and you know, so they bought some tickets, and it was fun. It was cool. It was in a great place. It was at uh, Caesar's Palace. I think it's called the Coliseum, perhaps. I think that's the name of the the actual arena or whatever. But a beautiful place. Uh, really, really nice inside. Uh, pretty good seats, actually. We're kind of on one side. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he did a great show. The poor guy, you know, he's almost 70 years old, but he had, you know, bronchitis. And uh, although I couldn't quite tell until he kind of mentioned it because, he, you know, he, he was just singing great and it sounded great. He had a huge um, group of musicians and backup singers and just uh, just really a great production. The craziest part of the whole thing, though, was uh, at one point near near the end of the show, he does this song and he kicks out these. He has some uh, signed, uh, autographed soccer balls. I guess he's a big soccer fan, player, whatever. Uh, but uh, he kicks these these balls that he's autographed out into the audience, which is kind of cool when you think about it. But uh, one kind of came over towards us. I'm kind of tall, so I reached up. I, I managed to get actually my fingers on it. Enough so that it kind of, you know, they kind of hurt after they hit the ball. But uh, anyway, so so that pulls the ball down to our little group. There was four guys, four of us together there. Uh, so we, my actually, my boss was sitting next to me, Steve, and, and he gets the ball in his lap. I kind of tagged it with my hand. It falls down. He kind of gets it, and he's kind of got his hands around it, which is fine, you know, whatever. I frankly didn't care, but the thing was coming right at us, you know. Uh, but, uh, and then what happens is this crazy woman, uh, like leaps over the top of Steve and, and like, he's got her arms trying to grab the ball and pull it out of his hands. You know, we had this thing and she's like, uh, you know, struggling with him. And I'm like, you know, lady, you know, whatever. And then they're struggling, struggling. And it's ridiculous really. And then Steve kind of passes me the ball. Like it kind of scoots out of his hands and he kind of passes it over to me to kind of like, you know, okay, uh, you know, and I think he was getting tired of trying to keep this lady off of him. So, so I have it now in my hands and then I'm like, okay, well that's that. Cause a few seconds go by, maybe 10 seconds and she doesn't seem to be doing anything. And then all of a sudden she leaps over my head, like, like her arms and her body knocks my glasses off. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, and then, so 
now she 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 yells at me like that ball is mine and i'm like you know and i just let her have it basically i just like fine take it whatever i don't care <laughs> but uh, you know these people around us as we were leaving the because he only did a couple more songs after that these people that are were sitting next to me commented on you know how crazy you know drunk this crazy woman was uh you know like we had this thing and she's you know and and steve and i both kind of say you know we would i would have just given it to her if she just asked or or whatever i don't care about rod stewart's autographed soccer ball it doesn't you know now if it was william shatner autographed phaser yeah okay we would have fought to the death for that but (laughs) i she's just she wanted that thing bad so i'm like uh you know just ask i don't care i don't want it i don't want to have to stick it in my bag to take it back on the airplane so uh but anyway, you know, these, these kind of, and so it kind of soured the end of the event a little bit for me. I thought, you know, I don't like it when people are like that, I guess. I, 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 I have a problem with people being, you know, rude and, and that way. And, you know, maybe, yeah, she had too much to drink, but she shouldn't have too much to drink then, you know, whatever. I don't know. Okay, enough about that. But it was a fun trip. It was really a blast. It's good, you know, like a, a, a really, really cool event. I wish I had more time to see more of it. Uh, maybe I'll go again, you know, some other time next year or the year after or whatever. It's a pretty regular thing. It's always about this time of year in the fall, which is uh, which is nice to go in, in again from Michigan to uh, to a warm place at this time of year. Anything I can do to have a few more days someplace nicer is good for me. So uh, I'm going to take a short break here, get a little tea. I feel a little groggily, groggily. I feel a little... Uh, uh, dried out uh, today, so I got my tea here, and uh, and then I'll come back and talk about some geeky topics of interest. Imagine yourself strolling the streets of Coruscant, leading a squadron of elite X-wing pilots, going toe to toe with the Dark Lord of the Sith. You can. All you have to do is crack open a book and listen to the Star Wars Stacks podcast and book club each month. Your hosts Joe, Chris, and Jen take you on a guided tour of the expanded universe. The hosts begin the reviews with a non-spoiler synopsis and analysis to help you decide whether it's worth a read before sounding a spoiler alert and delving into the story in great detail. Subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Find the Star Wars Stacks on Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, and SWStacksShow.com. The Star Wars Stacks Podcast and Book Club. It's fun. It's immersive. It's Star Wars. Okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, that's a little better. Um, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about um, Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's new uh, epic uh, hard sci-fi film that just came out on Friday. I went with my uh, younger son, Eric. We went to see it yesterday in a, in a really good size theater, good size screen. And I, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, cool things in it. Again, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. Nothing more than you can tell from the, uh, the trailers that are out. Uh, I don't consider those. You know, if you talk about things that you can already tell from the trailer, I don't think that's a spoiler issue. I know there's, there are some people out there that avoid even trailers, but uh, I will say that you know the movie's basically about sometime in the not too dis- distant future where the Earth is getting. Uh, pretty much uh, decimated by, you know, 
problems and food shortages and, and, and issues of overpopulation. And, and basically, I mean, they don't go into a lot of detail. It's basically the, the, the Matthew McConaughey has this corn farm. He has a couple of kids, his, his, uh, and, uh, you know, his background is he's, uh, you know, he was a, a really good test pilot and uh, something happened to him during a mission. Uh, but anyway, the, um, then uh, what happens is, you know, there's uh, this, this potential way to save, you know, humanity. Then Michael Caine, you know, as you can see in the previews and trailers, he has this, uh, puts together this mission to get out there and, and find a new place, a new home for for the people of Earth, rather than, uh, I think there's a line in one of the trailers that says, you know, uh, you know, man isn't uh, meant to, you know, you know, we're not really meant to to die on this planet. We're meant to leave it, maybe uh, something like that to that effect. Um, and and it's just, uh, it, I have to say, the movie wasn't exactly what I had expected, and I don't mean that in a in a in a bad way or anything, but. There's some elements, especially about the last half of the movie, that are, are not at all in any of the trailers, and you don't really get a hint of this from the trailers. And I, I liked it. And, you know, I don't want to say too much again, but uh, yeah, it's 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 action adventure. It's hard sci-fi. I think they do um, some of the science pretty well. I mean, you know, they're getting into areas in this movie that are. Uh, mostly theoretical things, theoretical physics uh, of of wormholes and things like that. So, whether you can say that any of this stuff is real or not, it doesn't really matter. But it's certainly a lot more hard sci-fi and real than than many many movies that are uh, out there these uh, these days or TV shows and so forth. They try to keep it as as possible as as they can. It's a pretty long movie. It's almost three hours long, two hours and fifty minutes. So be prepared for uh, you know a long movie. Don't drink a lot of cola during uh, during a movie in, unless you've got a big bladder, as they say. But uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was really cool, and it, it kind of frankly it blows your mind, kind of a movie a little bit too. Uh, actually, I think I had some sort of bizarre dreams last night. I can't really remember them now, but related to this, related to space travel and stuff. So it certainly got me thinking. And uh, Matthew McConaughey was great. Anne Hathaway was great. Uh, Michael Caine. There's other actors, too. I don't want to mention everybody because uh, there's actually a couple surprises, too. So, uh, yeah, go see it. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge epic space uh, thing. So you don't want to, I don't care how good, again, your setup is at home. Uh, this is definitely a, a, a movie that is worth worthy of going to a big, uh, nice theater to see, uh, especially if the stuff interests you, obviously. You know, if you're not into this, I don't know why you're listening to the podcast if you're not into this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, Interstellar really can't say uh, enough about it, of how good it is. There are, you know, little things people will, you know, I've been hearing little things, but it's, you know, I, I guess I, I, I look at this as just uh, it's got a lot of heart, a lot of hope, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed the ride. So, uh, yeah, check it out, Interstellar. A couple other things I wanted to mention. Uh, there's a, been a web series. I've, blah, 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 I can't talk. There is a web uh, series called Red Shirt Diaries. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, they did a 10-episode run, uh, one a week, uh, from early September until just recently. A really fun little show, kind of a, a retelling from a Red Shirt's perspective of 
what uh, happens during like the early TOS uh, original Trek episodes. And they have an Indiegogo campaign. Indiegogo is like Kickstarter. It's another one of those crowdfunding uh places that you can go to you know fund your project and so if you go over to indiegogo.com and search for red shirt diaries you can fund the uh their next installment in this series and i i highly recommend it highly suggest you do so and actually i've i'm working on uh hopefully it'll be out um, probably maybe uh soon in the next couple of weeks and once we get a time and a day to record i think we're going to record pretty soon but i'm going to interview the people that work on this show for the podcast and i'm looking forward to that uh they they sound uh, like really great folks we've been chatting on email a little bit so you got that to look forward to but yeah red shirt diaries check it out uh, donate what you can they've got some pretty nice little uh reward levels you know it doesn't take a lot you know 20 30 and you get a little something back too from them and if you enjoy it, I'm, I'm sure if you watch a couple of episodes and if you're a fan, especially of the original Star Trek, you'd enjoy watching these. So uh, check it out and uh, take a look and see what uh, you can help them out with. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, of course, um, the, one of the big stories this week uh, as far as uh, in the sci-fi you know, community and everything, I think I learned when I was in Vegas, uh, they revealed finally... Um, the title for the next Star Wars film, uh, The Force Awakens, uh, is going to be what Episode 7 is. So, yeah, Star Wars The Force Awakens for, for uh, coming out in December of 2015. It's a pretty good title, I think. At first glance, you know, when I first heard about it, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's kind of, you know, boring. But when you think about it, most of the titles haven't really given a lot away. They, this, this fits in the, I think, the, the way they've titled other movies in, in the series so it's it's fine um the at first you know when everyone hears the title i think you think of the force as in you know what the jedi use and everything or the sith uh you, you know this this mystical energy field you know that surrounds us and binds us and all of course you know the the prequels created midichlorians to explain that so when you hear this again you think the word force in there is referring to you know that this mystical energy field uh that uh you know the jedi and sith use and, and others but uh maybe it isn't that maybe the force awakening is as a new force or a new enemy that comes aboard or comes aboard uh you know is revealed almost like um you know the sith returning it's hard to say it could have both meanings it could mean you know, like whether Luke or Han and Leia, you know, have kids. I'm sure we, we all know that that Daisy Rid, Riddler, Rid, Riddle, Riddle, whatever her name is, the, the dark-haired one that's in the movie that looks so much like Carrie Fisher. Uh, I You know, I think everybody's convinced that's Han and Leia's daughter in the movie. Uh, I think that's obvious. But uh, so so maybe it refers to the Force Awakening in her, maybe, uh, or, or someone else. Uh, and perhaps an enemy, a force of an enemy out there. Uh, it's it's good. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Uh, you know, and not that they care, but uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty okay title. Um, not much else. I mean, it would be great to see some actual pictures or some kind of trailer, but I don't know. Well, who knows if we'll get anything before the end of the year? You know, during the Christmas movie releases, it could be all the way till like the Super Bowl time when they finally release something. But uh, I uh, I'm hoping we'll have something before then. I would just love to see a still shot of, like, you know, the main three characters, you know, in their outfits. I, I mean, I would just love love to see that at some point. But uh, 
Um, what else do we want to cover here before? It's about 20 minutes in. Uh, probably can't talk too much more. We should get into the TNG episode. Uh, I thought there was one other topic of this past week. Uh, oh, there was the big, uh, if you're fans of the World of Warcraft game, there was the big uh, BlizzCon that happened uh, this this over this last weekend. Since I was mostly out of town, I didn't really get a chance to uh, pay much attention to it. I know they have a new property called Overwatch, which is sort of like a Team Fortress game, it looks like. And they talked, I guess, a little bit about the upcoming Warcraft movie, which is going to be not out until March of 2016. So we've got a ways to go on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was a little bit there going on out in uh, at BlizzCon for the uh, World of Warcraft fans, which I'm one. I still play the game, not a lot, but I play it, uh, you know, a little bit on the weekends, uh, mostly. Uh, I think that's it for now. There's a whole bunch of other stories. I'm enjoying, you know, still some of the new shows. Constantine is is pretty pretty good uh, so far. Actually, I've only seen what two episodes, but uh, and Gotham, I think, has really uh, to me gotten uh, more interesting and and in a way better uh, than it started out. I I've become kind of hooked on that show uh, more than I thought I was going to be. The last couple of episodes have really made it interesting. Uh, and the Flash is just fantastic, Arrow, uh, and so forth. So uh, and and Marvel Marvel's Agents of Shield is is also cool, though I think it was not on this week. Yeah, there was that special Marvel show that I I've got on my TiVo, but I haven't watched it yet. About seventy five years of Marvel Marvel history, I think it was called. All right, folks, uh, let's do this episode. TNG from Season 6, uh, True Q. It was episode number, let's see, number 6 for that season. So uh, let's get into it. Captain's Log, Stardate 46192.3. We have arrived at Starbase 112 and are loading relief supplies destined for Tagra 4, an ecologically devastated planet in the Argolis Cluster. We have also taken on a rather unusual passenger. Welcome to the Enterprise, Miss Rogers. I'm delighted to have you on board. Thank you, sir. And congratulations. I understand that you were selected for this internship out of hundreds of applicants. Yes, sir. I still can't believe they chose me. There were lots of other people with better records. Her transcript is very impressive. She's done honors work in neurobiology, plasma dynamics, and echo regeneration. I'd say that's pretty well-rounded. Well, that's a nice way of saying that I haven't decided what I'm going to do with my life. I've arranged to have you work in all the major departments while you're here. And I'm willing to bet that by the time it's over, you'll have a pretty good idea what field you're interested in. Or at least what field you're not interested in. Come. Ah, uh, Captain Picard, always helpful. We're bringing up the rest of the cargo now. We should be ready to leave within the hour. Commander, will you escort Miss Rogers to her quarters? I need to discuss the Tegrin's medical needs with Dr. Crusher. Picard's wearing his Rogers. Picard yes. jacket. You've won yourself a rare opportunity. Avail yourself of it. I will, sir. And thank you. So, uh, Amanda Rogers here is played by Olivia Diabo. Is that how you say her last name? one of these comp panels. Um, we're on deck seven, section four. You're right. I practically memorized the specs on the way over here. You're a quick study. This is it. me it's all yours so big <laughs> for honor students only the best <laughs> well and uh I brought my zoo 
Your zoo? Well, it's just what my parents call it. Three dogs isn't that many, is it? It depends how they get along. I could have had a dozen. Mother said enough is enough. I'm sure gonna miss them. We'll keep you so busy you won't have a chance to. I've got to get going. I have to get back to Cargo Bay, too. Well, thank, thanks for uh, walking me down. Sure. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean it. Oh, no. So there's all these puppies here on the floor. You guys can't stay here. Come on, all of you. And then she's looking at them, makes them uh, disappear. No, oh, they're so cute. Okay, so we've got uh, this episode, True Q, Season 6, TNG. Uh, this, uh, you know, it's a Q episode. He, he visits, uh, he'll be here shortly on the Enterprise. And it turns out, of course, this uh, woman, Amanda, is a member of the Q as well. And uh, they explain exactly what that's all about. Uh, she's uh, played by, again, Olivia Diabo. She was on that series, The Wonder Years, from years uh, gone by. Uh, you know, been around a long time in, in acting. She's doing a lot of voice work these days. She actually was also in, uh, she was the little princess uh, in, not little, I guess, uh, but uh, she was in Conan the Destroyer. Uh, so another, uh, you know, fun little movie there. Uh, Mortal Kombat series. She's done voice work on Justice League. She's, you know, done a lot of good stuff. Uh, what else do I want to say here before we get into the episode? Uh, uh, yeah, this is, a, I think, a fun episode, a good one. This is actually the first time you see Q in a while. He wasn't in Season 5 of TNG. And he actually ends up uh, in Star Trek in, in three times during this time period. Once in, t uh, sorry, twice in this season for uh, TNG, this and Tapestry later in the season, and then also on Deep Space Nine during this year, when it was running, uh, he was in uh, the story Q Less in in the DS9 episode. So uh, let's get back to this uh, True Q. Now she's with uh, Doctor Crusher. That's your heart rate, your blood pressure, all your vital signs. You're in good shape. You might just live to be my age. Now, all these tricorders need to be tested before they can be put in the supply containers that we're taking to Tagra. So I should scan myself with each one to make sure the readouts are working. Any unit that doesn't, put it aside, and we'll do a diagnostic on it later. Okay. I hear you've been accepted to the Academy. I have a son there. Oh. Being posted on the Enterprise, I guess you don't get to see him very often. No, not as often as I'd like. Do you have any other children? My husband died a number of years ago. Wes was our only child. Was he old enough to know his father? Jack died when he was five. 
My parents died when I was a baby, too. I don't remember anything about them. Sometimes I wonder what they were like. Your adoptive parents are in Starfleet, aren't they? Yeah, they're marine biologists. They've just been posted to the Bilaran system. Sickbay to Dr. Crusher. You wanted to be told when the cultures were ready. On my way. When you finished with the tricorders, Nurse Agawa will help you to take them down to Shuttle Bay for loading. Okay. Yeah, it's a tough job to scan yourself with a bunch of tricorders, right? Yeah. Oh, thank you very much for your help. We can use every available hand we can get. This is one of the largest relief efforts we've ever mounted. Now, why are you bringing everything down in shuttlecraft? Well, because we can't use the transporters for all the ionization in the Tagran atmosphere. From the barostatic filters? How did you know that? I did a paper on eco-regeneration. Hmm. Well, then you know that a thousand barostatic filters puts out quite a bit of ionization. A thousand? Yeah, they've managed to pollute their atmosphere pretty badly. It's amazing to think that they go to such lengths to clean the air instead of regulating the emissions that cause the problem. Yeah, you're right. Actually, the only thing the filters can do is keep things from getting worse. They shoot the air full of... Commander, are you all right? So this container almost okay? fell on, on Commander so Riker, but the Amanda used her powers to divert it a little bit. No one really saw. Remember, I think doesn't she kind of have a little bit of a thing for Riker this in, is the in this main control area. episode? We can access any of the primary circuits from all of these panels. Over here is a Jeffrey's tube. Where most of the major conduits are rooted. Oh, you've been doing your homework. <laughs> Hard to imagine how much energy is harnessed in there. The imagination is not necessary. The scale is readily quantifiable. We are presently generating 12.75 billion gigawatts per... <laughs> Temperature in the reaction chamber has increased by 47%. The injector couplings are frozen. I can't slow down the reaction. Temperature increases at 106% and rising. The forge to bridge. We're looking at a core breach. We're going to have to try and vent the plasma. Plasma inductors are not responding. We're going to lose containment. All right, everybody, out of here now. Let's go. Let's move it. Data, bring down the isolation door. We're going to have to eject the warp core. So there is sort of like a, a leak or a blast that happens, but Amanda reaction controls chamber. it. Has returned to normal. She's able to sort of obviously use her powers to contain it. And Jordy and Data saw her this time. She's a little shaken up, but she's going to be fine. You said she was adopted. Could she be an alien? She's human. There's nothing more unusual about her. Not that my instruments can detect. Commander, have you been able to determine the cause of the warp breach? No, sir. Everything was normal, and then suddenly it's like the laws of physics went right out the window. And why shouldn't they? They're so inconvenient. Q. Mon Capitain. Are you responsible for this incident in engineering? Of course. I needed to find out if what I suspected about the girl were true. That being that she's Q. Amanda's a Q? How is that possible? Her, her parents, her biological parents, were human. Well, not exactly. They had assumed human form in order to visit Earth, I suppose, for 
for amusement. But in vulgar human fashion, they proceeded to conceive a child. And then like mortal <laughs> humans, they became attached to it. Q winks at Beverly what when he says that. What is it about squirming little infants that you find so appealing? I'm sure that's beyond your comprehension, Q. I desperately hope so. What happened to Amanda's parents? They died in an accident. None of us knew whether she had inherited the capacities of the Q, but recently they've begun to emerge, and uh, as an expert in humanity, I was sent to investigate. You, an expert in humanity? Not a very challenging field of study, I grant you. Are you saying that you created a core breach just to test this girl? Uh-huh. What would have happened if she couldn't stop it? Then I would have known she wasn't a Q. And now that you know, what do you intend to do? Instruct her. If this child does not learn how to control her power, she may accidentally destroy herself. Or all of you. Or perhaps your entire galaxy. I find it hard to believe that you're here to do us a favor. You're quite right, I wouldn't. But there are those in the continuum who have an over-exaggerated sense of responsibility. Yeah. They think that we need to take precautions to keep the little deer from running amok. And once you've taught her, then you'll go away? And leave her here? Of course not. She'll come back to the continuum where she belongs. Wait a minute. You, you can't just come in here and take her away from everything she's ever known. <laughs> I assure you I can. She has plans for herself. She wants to have a career and a family. I'm rescuing her from that miserable existence. <laughs> that miserable existence is all she's known for the last 18 years. You have no right to take her away from it. Mon Capitan, I really... Oh, Mon Capitan. Well, there, that's better. Crusher gets more shrill with each passing year. Q, what is it you really want? Well, since you know so much about the Q, I thought you'd be the perfect person to introduce me to the child. Let her know that she can trust me. I don't trust you, Q. Why should I expect Amanda to? Well, she better because I'm all she's got. She needs me to help her prepare for her future with the Q. But what if she doesn't want that future? It must be her decision. Oh, yes, yes, yes! You think that she will want to remain an enfeebled mortal? But if she really is Q, she must understand what that means. Very well. I will introduce you, but... We cannot argue like this in front of her. We must at least appear to be... Pals. <laughs> John Delancey, he hugs Patrick Stewart here. I knew I could count on you, Jean-Luc. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it, obviously, you know, Picard looks super uncomfortable with uh, Q I hugging him. Do any available records on Amanda Rogers? Yes, Captain. I want to know about her biological parents, about their death. I find it odd that any Q could die in an accident. It is not consistent with what we know of them, sir. I'm convinced that Q isn't telling us everything. See yeah, it seems out. a little strange, Hi, too. But I think they supposedly, like, sort of got rid of their powers or renounced their powers I to be human. Would wish for would just suddenly appear. I, I thought I was going crazy. In a funny way, finding this out is kind of a relief. I can understand that. This person I mentioned from the Q continuum would like to meet you, if it's all right with you. Yeah, he's a little crazy, though, so, you know, be prepared for uh, nobody kind of really normal here. There's my girl. Uh. Amanda, uh, allow me to introduce uh, Q. Uh, he's, um, 
He's an acquaintance of ours. We've uh, we've known him for years. Very <laughs> impressive the way you contain that explosion. What else have you done? I, I don't understand. Telekinesis, teleportation, spontaneous combustion of someone you don't like, that sort of thing. Amanda, what Q is asking is, have you ever deliberately used your abilities? Not until I came here. The first time it happened was when the container almost fell on Commander Riker. And you handled that very well. That's why I gave you a greater challenge. The warp core breach. She has potential, this one. I see no reason why she can't return to the Continuum right now. What? You... I don't want to go anywhere. Don't worry. With time, you'll overcome the disadvantages you suffered as a child. No one will hold it against you for having been human. Let's go. So she knocks, she knocks Q down. You agree that she has a right to choose her own future, but the first chance you get, you try to abduct her. You're overreacting as usual, Picard. I was merely testing her powers. She's quite a little spitfire now, isn't she? What's going on, Q? What's your real purpose here? I think I've been perfectly clear the Continuum has a vested interest in this young woman. If you wish to protect that investment, I suggest that you approach her differently. Oh, she was being impetuous. She'll just have to start behaving like a Q. If I'm not mistaken, she just did. You understand, don't you? It's just that I have these things that I want to do. I'm going to go to the Academy. I want a career. And I want to join Starfleet. You can still do all those things? Yeah, but it just seems so complicated now. I mean, yeah, this is an interesting have, just stand in the way. idea of, you know, all of a sudden you have, have you can do basically that. anything well, you can imagine. And would you still want to be ordinary? Listen, I can only imagine you know? how you feel. And it certainly would be easier if this had never happened or if it would just go away. But it's not going to go away. And you need someone to help you. And the person who can help you is Q. He's so horrible. He is the only one who can help you to understand who you are. Amanda, you are going to have to make some hard choices about your future. And you can't make them if you're going to ignore the truth. Yeah. I know. But I don't want any of this to disrupt my time here. I want to do everything that I'm expected to do. Swab and the deck, you, you know. Yeah, we're gonna kind of treat you differently. Sorry, it's You've got a deal. hard to, hard not to. I mean, come on, you know. Realistically, you know, that's just kind of what she just said. The first three hour you have, I want to see you in the medical lab. I have an experiment I need your help with. Yes, ma'am. I mean, you know, she says, Dr. Kershaw says, don't ignore it. As anticipated, there are some problems. I need time. However, there is the possibility we won't have to terminate the girl. Uh-oh. Terminate? What? What? Yeah, so that was interesting. You don't see a lot of the other Q talking to Q uh, in any of these episodes in TNG. 
He was about to just walk into our quarters, but he actually rings the bell. Come in. Hello, my dear. I've been told I behaved badly. I apologize. Apparently, you had every reason to chastise me. But then again, what's done is done, right? I'd like to ask you some questions. Anything. What exactly are the Q? It'd be so much easier to show you than to tell you. If you would agree to take a short visit to the Continuum. No. Just tell me. No. Well, Wait, we'll just, just tell me first. We're omnipotent. There's nothing. Nothing we can't do. And what do you do with this power? Anything we want. Do you use it to help others? <laughs> I think you've missed the point, my dear. Clearly, you spend far too much time with humans. As a cue, you can have your heart's desire instantly, whatever that may be. Would you like precious jewels, works of art? Would you like to walk along the rings of time? I've always thought that I'm if you if you can get anything you want, would you really want it at that point, sure, right? Must be something. Would it be a, you want. Would you have those kinds of needs or desires if something anything you, you could imagine immediately would be possible. there? You know, it's an interesting question. What is it? I'd like to know what my parents look like. My real parents. How quaint. So do it. What do you mean? Summon the image. I don't know Think how. about them. Evoke the memory. You can do it, Amanda. Trust me. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. In your mind, return to the time when you were infant. Think about your parents. Remember them. Good. Good. Now, open your eyes. So there's sort of this uh, translucent image of her parents in front of her now that are uh, they're holding her as an infant. They loved me. And Q uh, has vanished now. And then the image disappears too, so. Actually, the mom of her looks looks a lot like Dr. Crusher, I thought. metabolized at another 20? Wait for it to be metabolized over and over, and then wait till the bacilli can't be absorbed anymore. That's right. Just be sure and record the rate of mitosis from each of the dishes. Mitosis, right. You seem distracted. Well, I just saw my parents. My real parents. Q showed me how. Can you imagine how that felt? No, I don't think I can. You know, you were right. I can't ignore what's happened to me. 
I just don't know if I can cope with it. Amanda, you are stronger than you think. You know, when I saw them there, right in front of me, I realized that I caused this to happen. I wanted to see them, and I did. If it were you, if suddenly you could have anything you wanted, what would it be? I have no idea. No, think about it. Really think. If suddenly you could make anything happen, what would it be? Well, I would probably want to heal people, people who are hopelessly ill. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty altruistic, would but. Would you bring uh, your husband back? I don't think that I could make a decision like that until I was actually faced with it. I am faced with it. Try to do the work. I'll come back and check on you later. So I guess is she saying here that she'd uh, she could bring her parents, her real parents, back if she wanted to? I think you know. Although if they're being cute, I don't know if that's uh, something that she'd be capable of. I thought she'd never leave. I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. It's time for another lesson. Well, I have to finish this experiment first. What are you doing? We're delivering live vaccine bacilli to Tagra. I'm supposed to find the best nutrient solution so we can keep them living while they're in stasis. Fascinating. Oh, I just had a splendid idea. Why don't we combine what you're doing with our lesson and we'll show you how to finish in no time. Well, I think that I should finish it the way Dr. Prusher showed me Oh, first. I'm sure she'd be delighted if we sped things along. I mean, think what it would mean. You could double, even triple the workload. Well... Good. I guess so. Now, as you take a look at the tissue samples, form an image in your mind. Yeah, it's Number probably one, not going to turn out very Prussia well, has some right? Uh, vaccine bacilli to be delivered to Tagra. It'll have to be shipped in a stasis field. Will you make the arrangements? I'll get right on it. Captain, message coming in from Tagra 4. On screen. Enterprise, I am Orn Lote, engineer. We're having difficulties with the reactor that powers the barysthetic filters on our southern continent. We may have to shut it down for repairs. Perhaps my chief engineer could be of assistance. I hope so. If we're forced to disable the reactor, it would take months to re-establish the ionic currents the filters have formed in the atmosphere. Send us your design specifications. I'm sure we'll be able to help. Thank you, Captain. Captain. What is it, Mr. Data? 
I have some information regarding Amanda Rogers' parents. Records indicate that they died in Topeka, Kansas. Their home was destroyed during a tornado. Tornado? Why wasn't it dissipated by the weather modification net? Unknown, sir. The bodies were discovered in the rubble after the storm had passed. See if you can find out any more details, Mr. Data. I'd like to know more about that storm. Aye, sir. I think that's a uh, sort of a little homage to the Wizard of Oz in Kansas, a tornado. Well, is number two. And she's kind of like Dorothy to a degree. I was looking for degree. Dr. Crusher. I didn't know what nutrients she wanted to send with the bacilli. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll tell her to contact you. Thanks. You could stay here and wait for her if you, you know, wanted to. Uh, Q's looking at Just her tell like... tell her I'll be in Shuttle Bay too. Like, hey... I'm attracted to you. I am not. I am not, Q. I think you are. How repulsive. <laughs> How do you stand that hair all over his face? Doctor, Commander Riker was just here looking for you. He said he'd be in Shuttle Bay, too. Thank you. Have you finished already? Yeah. How did you do it so quickly? Well, Q helped me. It took us about half the time that it would have normally taken us. That explains this data. I needed to know the rates of mitosis. By artificially inflating them, you made the experiment useless. Now I have to do it all over again. I'm sorry, doctor. Oh, just divide by sorry. two or four, you know. If she wants to make things difficult on herself, that's her business. Why did you interfere with what she was doing? She's a Q. Making her plod through human chores is beneath her. She asked not to be treated differently. That doesn't mean she should be bored to death. I don't interfere with what you're teaching. You would be incapable of interfering. And I don't think it's asking too much that you do the same. <laughs> <laughs> and you stay out of mine. Well, when you put it like that, I... I think you're absolutely right. Q turns her into a dog for a second and Amanda changes her back. Uh... <laughs> Captain. Yes, Mr. Data. I have further information regarding the tornado that killed Amanda Rogers' parents. What is it? It was unusually compact, yet extremely powerful. Its recorded wind velocity was characteristic of a funnel three times its size. Download the files to my ready room. I'll study them there. Aye, sir. Yeah, they were basically offed by the queue. Have you been practicing your teleportation? Yes, but it's kind of hard. I keep ending up somewhere I don't want to be. Well, it won't do to be sloppy. We should hone your abilities. I have a wonderful idea. Why don't we play a little game? I'll hide somewhere on the ship and you find me. But how do I know how? Don't worry, Amanda. You can do it. So she's teleporting uh, to, to different places. First, the shuttle bay. Not bad, not bad at all. I like how she uses her hands here to, to like disappear and use her powers. Q never really, I think he snaps his fingers sometimes, you know, but. You're still thinking like a human. And Q here appears in the warp core. And now they're uh, standing outside on top of the ship on the hull, Q and Amanda. 
Now do you understand? What do humans have to offer you that even begins to compare with that? Your future contains wonders you can't even imagine. The universe could be your playground. <laughs> Dr. Crusher and Counselor Troy, they're taking me to dinner. You don't have to eat, you know. It's a nasty human habit you could easily do without. I don't know. Having a nice meal with some Hello, friends Amanda. is always Are good. Are you ready? Yes. Well, Amanda, how are you feeling about all this now? It must be overwhelming. It was at first, but actually now I'm enjoying myself. Hello, ladies. Hello, Will. Commander Riker. Um... Won't you join us? I'd love to, but I have other plans. Uh-oh. Commander Riker over there with another girl at another table. And he does what I what I refer to as the Riker maneuver. So how are your lessons? He lifts his leg over the is chair Q to sit down. With you? Amanda. And she's just googling eyes at... Uh, And now he zaps. What is uh, this all about? There. I thought it might be nice to spend some time alone together. I think it would be nice if you took us back to 10 forward. Are you sure? You wouldn't want to stay here with me for a while. They're on like this plantation kind of so set. And he's in a top Isn't hat nicer jacket. Here than at 10 forward? Yes, it's very pleasant. And she's That's in this sort of white dress. Oh. I think it is. No. You can't snatch people and put them into your fantasies and expect them to respond. Don't you like me? Even just a little bit? Oh, come on, You're Commander Riker. Lovely young lady. But none of this is real. My feelings are real. I know. But you can't make someone love you. Oh, I think she could, but... Uh... Can't I? So she does her little Q-whammy on uh, Commander Riker. Do you love me? More than anything. You're right. None of this is real. I thought it would be romantic. But it's empty. Amanda. Just go back to ten forward. Yep, so she learns a lesson there, I guess. You know, you can't uh, you can't fake, you know, 
getting someone to love you and and it, you know like she said it's hollow doesn't mean anything now Q pops into Picard's uh, wanted to office wanted to ask you about Amanda's biological parents when they decided to remain on earth what was the reaction in the Q continuum we found it incomprehensible were they pressured to return were they threatened with any punishment if they didn't what are you driving at, Picard? Well, the circumstance of their death is quite odd. A tornado somehow escaped the weather modification net and touched down in only one spot. Amanda's home. Well, you can never predict the weather. But tornadoes developed from existing storm fronts. But you see, there were no storm fronts in Kansas that day. Witnesses reported that the funnel materialized spontaneously directly over Amanda's home, destroyed it, and disappeared. If you say so, I wasn't there. Were Amanda's parents executed by the Q Continuum? And what if they were? Well, I think she has a right to know that before she makes a choice about her future. Don't be foolish, Picard. She has no choice. She never did. If she's truly a Q, then she must return to the continuum where she belongs. But if she were some sort of a hybrid, neither human nor Q, then... You would be so despicable. Don't be naive. You have no idea what it means to be Q. With unlimited power comes responsibility. Do you think it is reasonable for us to allow omnipotent beings to roam free through the universe? That line's kind of a homage to uh, Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, so the Q obviously are concerned about her. We have arrived at Tagra 4 and have begun delivering supplies. In the meantime, I'm faced with a crisis of a different nature. Look, I have no reason to believe that Q is lying. He claims he has orders from the Continuum. If Amanda cannot prove that she is fully Q, then he must kill her. We have to tell her. I don't know if we should. It almost seems cruel. Maybe she can protect herself. After all, she has a great deal of power. So did her parents. It didn't save them. I agree with the counselor. Amanda deserves to know the truth of her situation. We have no right to hold such crucial information from her. But it isn't going to be easy telling her. What is your impression of the field modulator, Mr. Lote? Quite ingenious, quite ingenious indeed. I <coughs> I'm amazed the way it can be incorporated with the existing system. Commander. We're all loaded here. We can head for the service whenever you're ready. I'm eager to see the field modulator in place, Commander. I... <coughs> yeah, this guy has a, a little breathing device, obviously, from his, you know, planet that's polluted and that they're trying to help and, and save. You know, kind of the B story here. Kill me? Why? 
They're not convinced that you are fully Q. And they are also responsible for your parents' death. My parents? But what right do they have? Q, answer me. Are you afraid to face me? She's such a plucky little thing now, isn't she? I really do enjoy you, you know. Amanda's question deserves an answer, Q. You've made yourself judge and jury, and if necessary, executioner. By what right have you appointed yourself to this position? Superior morality. Oh, yes. I recall how you used your superior morality when we first encountered you. You put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. The jury's still out on that, Picard. Make no mistake. Your uh, that's a little precursor to the final the episode. Guardians of the universe in a way. strikes me as being hollow. You know, saying they haven't really decided completely. No evidence that you are guided by a superior moral code or any Previously, Q kind of said they you were exonerated. And I don't deny that your parlor tricks are very impressive. But morality, I don't see it. I don't acknowledge it, Q. I would put human morality against the Qs any day. And perhaps that's the reason that we fascinate you so. Because our puny behavior shows you a glimmer of the one thing that evades your omnipotence. A moral center. And if so, I can think of no crueler irony than that you should destroy this young woman whose only crime is that she's too human. Jean-Luc, sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches of yours. <laughs> but this time, your concern is unwarranted. We've decided not to harm her, and we are prepared to offer her a choice. What kind of choice? You can either come to the continuum with me. Or? Now, this choice is more difficult. You have it within yourself to refrain from using the power of Q. If you can do that, you can stay here. Then I'm staying here. Think about this. This is not so easy. Your parents were given this choice, and they were unable to resist the temptation of using their power. All I've wanted since this whole thing began is to become a normal human being again. I know I can resist. Warp to Picard. There is an emergency message from Commander Riker. I'm on my way. Oh, that's not going to be good. Sure, you can resist using your power. It's like, Captain, hey, I want to stay here and use my power. The Tagrons led us to believe field modulator is installed and operational, but it's not going to be enough. The reactor is already going into overload. Can you correct the problem? Geordi is trying to stabilize the unit now. We will stay as long as possible. There are thousands of people in this area. If that reactor goes... Commander, over here quickly. Is your doing, Q? Not this time, Picard. Mr. Wolf, see if there's any way that we can cut through the interference and beam them out of there. Nice, sir. Captain, Geordi is trying a neutrino infusion. It may smother the reaction. 
Captain, there is too much ionization in the atmosphere. Transporters are useless. It's no use. The heat has fused the injector shut. We're losing containment. How long till meltdown? A few minutes at most. We're going to have to... Commander, look at this. This is impossible. Captain, I don't know what's happening, but the reaction is stabilizing on its own. Captain, I am reading a massive energy fluctuation in the planet's atmosphere. On screen. Atmospheric contaminants have dropped to less than one part per trillion. The ecosystem has been restored to its natural state. Yeah, so the sky turned from like yellow-brown to blue. I told you it would be harder to resist than you thought. I couldn't let all those people die. Ever since I got here, I've been fighting this. I've been denying the truth. Denying what I am. I am Q. Dr. Crusher. I've decided that I can't stay. I can't stay here. Well, now that you've come to your senses, let's go. No, I want to go and see my parents first. It's going to take some time to explain all of this, so you'll have to be patient. And she gives a Dr. Crusher a hug goodbye. I hope I can come back and see you. You're a Q. You can do anything you want. So they both vanish, of course. Yeah, so you know, it's kind of a, a pretty straightforward episode. And I think we're just to the end here now. We'll dial it down a bit. But I like it a lot. I, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty classic case of, uh, you know, sci-fi where you get power and and what to do with it um it's it's really hard to um you know deny what you really are you know when you think about it i mean it's um hard to be given that kind of like you can do anything and and just to be like normal you know what would you do with uh, i i i think it's uh you know pretty you know, pretty hard to not do that. I think it's interesting, though, that her parents, you know, her real parents had tried to be human and tried to live kind of a quote-unquote normal life, but, uh, you know, they couldn't. It would have been interesting to find out, like, was there a particular thing that set them back on the path of using their powers that made the the Q notice them and get rid of them? Uh, or, you know, what was, what was that, uh, you know, impetus of something there? But we never see Amanda again, although I think, let me look here online, 
I believe there was a, a follow-up novel. Uh, let's see, the Star Trek Voyager novel, The Eternal Tide, where Amanda is recognized as the child of the Q, but not the first full Q child. Uh, da, 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 da. So, uh, so anyway, there's, you know, this Q Jr. Uh, character that's uh, there in that episode and there's this also is the in involves the Q in the gray episode from Star Trek Voyager so there's a little bit more uh, out there on Amanda uh, if you'd like to look into that so I think uh, I'm going to just take a quick break and I will come back and we'll wrap up today's podcast hey this is Ethan Phillips from Star Trek Voyager and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi Okay, I hope everybody enjoyed looking at and listening to True Q from TNG's sixth season. Yeah, it's a fun episode. And uh, also, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, retro podcast look back at uh, that I did last week from the first episode of our Aurora Crew uh, <laughs> audio quality. Not so great. Fun factor, pretty high, though. Uh, all right, coming up next uh, on the podcast, next weekend, I think we'll be Hopefully we'll get that interview done this week, and it will be an interview with the Red Shirt Diary folks, uh, and that will be next weekend. In two weeks, we're going to do a Skype call sometime probably that weekend, I think, maybe Friday evening or, or Saturday or even Sunday. I haven't really decided to try to talk to some people and see what, what day and times work best for people. Uh, but we're going to talk about conventions, convention stories, events, things that we've had over the years, uh, fun things, uh, just things that I think people are, would enjoy hearing about, talk about, you know, what, uh, what, you know, these, uh, things that go on when you're at a, a big sci-fi convention or costuming and so on. And I think that's all I got outlined for the next couple of weeks. Uh, probably do be a guest spot, uh, for the end of the month. Uh, I think that's the 30th. Yeah. So uh, without any further ado, I think that's it. Uh, always a couple little reminders. Uh, treksf at gmail.com is a way to contact me. Join our Facebook group. Join the forum. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the podcast, there's donation links over at treksandsci-fi.com. Also, iTunes reviews uh, are great for the podcast. Always enjoy seeing those. So uh, that's about it, folks. Uh, make sure to check out uh, Retro Diaries Indiegogo campaign. Uh, also, I, I, I didn't mention it earlier, but there's a Kickstarter for the third These Are the Voyages uh, books out as well. So search for that. Uh, some of these stories are over on trekmovie.com. I'll put links as well in the podcast notes for this week. So take care, everybody. I'll talk to you again uh, next time. Bye-bye. Around about the 12th century, this is England, or to be more precise, Sherwood Forest, please cue the creation of yeah. Doing that thing with you Orbiting like your eyes I'm gonna speak hell To some archaeologist guys And Q He kidnapped all the crew He knew that I like you To hold you over I'm in love with you Well I try and try to forget you Share with the crew Every time you do that thing with you I, Robin Hood, I'm forced to play And I've got to find a way to get you